0: Hello, and welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast. Coming to you from the Tabernacle of Praise Church International, headquartered in York, South Carolina, where our founder and overseer is Bishop Alfred Jackson. Copies of the message from this broadcast can be purchased at our headquarters in Monrovia at the Hope of Praise Church in Numatadia States, where Jackson G. Weah is pastor. We would love to hear from you, so write to us here in America at 229 Wood Street, York, South Carolina, 29745, Or email us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day. And serve him with faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites on whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I want to talk about the blessings in choosing God. The blessings in choosing God. Joshua said to the people, choose you. Are you all hearing me? Because I just lost my volume. Hallelujah. Joshua said to the people, choose you or choose for yourselves this day. Whom you will serve. I want to talk about the blessings in choosing God. Am I back on? Okay. Thank you. All right. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word is going to accomplish. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you're, if you're texting on Twitter, on Facebook, you need to text what I'm getting ready to preach this morning. Amen. Amen. The blessings in choosing God. Amen. There is an age-old struggle that people are confronted with, um, that the people who are confronted with the Word of God face. It's a struggle... Uh, that some people deal, deal with even after they say that they have made the choice. Now, I want you to pay close attention to the message today because many times we say we've made the choice. Uh, we've chosen the Lord, uh, but sometimes our actions show differently. So it's a struggle, and, and, and the reasons our actions show differently is that we engage, we are confronted with that struggle as to whether we really want to serve God uh, we really have, uh, whether we've really chosen God or we're following our own minds and we're doing what we want to do. It's a struggle, and, 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 and we may as well acknowledge the fact that, that many people in the body of Christ struggle with this. We, we say that, that God is our God, but we don't live like God is our God. Amen. Amen. And, and sometimes this struggle uh, pushes people away from God and into the realm of self-satisfaction. And when you get into the realm of self-satisfaction, Satan immediately seizes upon that opportunity uh, uh, to take people further uh, into spiritual separation and and moral degradation and separation from God. Whenever you get into the realm of satisfying the flesh, which is satisfying your own desires, whatever that is, it opens up the way for the devil to come in and do more work in your life. And that's what he's going to do because we know that Satan comes to do nothing but Amen. Does he care about who you are? Does he care if, if if you're the pastor? Does he care if you're the deacon? Does he care if you're the minister of music? Does he care if you're the usher? He does not care who you are. He doesn't care what family you came from. He doesn't care what your mama wore or what she had on or who she was or how, how saintly she was. He does not care. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so he immediately, and sometimes we don't recognize this, and this is critical, saints. It's critical for us, critical for us to hear this. Um, and I can, only, I can only tell you. I can't force you to, to hear. I can't force you to obey. But it's critical for us to hear this. And, and to understand this, that, that Satan is out there waiting on us uh, to choose something different, especially when we say we've chosen God. Amen? And, 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 and ultimately, people need to make a decision as to who and what they will follow in life. All right? We need to make up our minds uh, as to who or what we're going to follow in life. Um, well, and I guess I could say people do make up their minds uh, about the way that they live their lives because that decision has eternal, eternal consequences that, that play out in either eternal life or eternal damnation along with everything that comes in between. I understand that today we don't talk a, a lot about eternal damnation. We don't talk a lot about people going to hell. But ultimately, the choices that we make will determine whether we're going to heaven or we're going to hell. I mean, ultimately, the bottom line is that there is an end to life. There is an end to this thing. There's an end, that, and and our decision, the choice that we make, the choices that we make on this side determines where we end up on the other side. Amen, amen. And 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 you know, as much as we as we talk to people, as much as we encourage people, you know, when people choose things that are contrary to the will of God, there are consequences. There are consequences. We need to make that plain, and we that needs to be plain to us. We need to make it plain to our children. We make it we need to make it plain to our loved ones. Because God doesn't change his standard just because of who we think we are. Amen. And we, we need to make that plain when, when when today you know people are 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 are, 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 are going against what the Bible teaches and, 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 and justifying their actions and, 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 and the way they live their lives, um, we need to make it plain to them, Well, yes, you have a right to live any kind of way you want to live. That's your right. You know, you're created in the image and likeness of God. You are a free moral agent. You can choose to do whatever you want to do. Amen? And God does not force you. But there's an end result to your decision. And as much as you want to put people in heaven when they lay in front of the church, they've already made a choice. They've already made a choice by the way they choose to live their lives. And and, and so we cannot get to the place where we say, well, I've, I've chosen Christ, but my lifestyle is different from what the Lord says in his word. Amen. Amen. This text speaks to us needing to make a choice. And, 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 and you know, this has just been, um, it's been weighing on me heavily this week, and I, I couldn't get away from this text, so I felt the Lord leading me uh, to, to talk to us about this today. Uh, you know, my burden as your pastor is you. Amen. That's my burden. Amen. Amen. Whether you realize it or not, you, I carry you in my prayers. Every one of you. Everybody that's connected to Tabernacle of Praise. And, and it, it is a burden. It is a burden that, that is not an easy burden to carry as a pastor. Amen. And you got to hear that you got to understand that you're not just a member that comes or don't come whenever you feel like you don't want to come. Or just because you're having a problem or just because you get mad, you decide you're not going to be here. Or just because you decide you're going to just do this and, you know, it's my life, I live it the way I want to live it. But I'm connected to this church and to this pastor. So you become my burden. God says, I'll give you pastors according to my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And I believe that all of my life as your pastor, I fed you with knowledge and understanding. I believe I fed you with knowledge and understanding. That's been my desire, to feed you with knowledge and understanding. So, so we, we, we come to this text today, and we, we come and we hear the Lord saying to us that a choice needs to be made. Now, this is Joshua. It's coming very close to the end of Joshua's life, all right? Uh, they've, the, 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 Hebrew, the Israelites have come into the promised land. They didn't do everything right. People, don't, people just won't do everything right. But, but these are the people, these are God's chosen people that, that, that Joshua is speaking to, all right? Um, it's not, he's not speaking to the Amorites. He's not speaking to... Uh, to the Amalekites. He's not speaking to uh, uh, the people that are not a part of the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. He's speaking to God's people. And he's saying to God's people, as as they've seen God bring them into the promised land, uh, they've they've seen God uh, drive out but from before them the inhabitants of the land are many of the inhabitants of the land. And if they had been faithful to God, he would have driven out all of the inhabitants of the land if they had been faithful to God. But they were not always faithful to God. They didn't do things that God said do. And sometimes you have to ask yourself, when I'm having problems, when things are not going right in my life, am I doing everything that God told me to do? You got to ask yourself that question. You know, Honestly speaking, rather than putting the blame somewhere else, you got to start looking at yourself and you have to start dealing with yourself and your relationship with God and the decisions that you're making every day in your life as it relates to your relationship with God. Regardless of what your flesh wants to do, your flesh may want to eat apple pie and the doctors told you you should not be eating out those sweets. You got to make up your mind, I'm not going to do this because it is going to affect me adversely. Amen. 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 So, so they haven't done everything that God has told them to do. So they come down near in the end of Joshua's journey uh, in life, and they're at Shechem. And, they, and actually what Joshua is doing here is calling them before God to renew the covenant with God. Now, Shechem is a, an important place because this is where God made a covenant with Abraham at. And they called Abraham the father of the faith. They looked up to Abraham, but when you and, and, and when you look at this text, um, a couple of things here, and I won't try to preach the whole chapter, but a couple of things here. The Bible's one of the things it says here is that they presented themselves to God. All right, let's go back over to to verse number um, number one. Joshua assembled all the the, all the tribe of Israel at Shechem, he summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And I read that scripture, and I, and I said, I wonder if we realize every Sunday that we come to worship, we're presenting ourselves before God. I wonder if we realize that, that as a corporate body, when we come as a corporate body to worship, we're presenting ourselves before God. Well, in your personal time, which you ought to have personal worship, you're presenting yourself before God. So when you come into the house of the Lord to worship, you're not here to pre- so I can see you and be pleased with you, but you're here presenting yourself in the presence of, of the Almighty God. And that thing just jumped out at me as I read that, uh, and I thought that was important for us to, for us to recognize. And Joshua points, also points out something that's, that's very important here. Um, uh, hopefully, I, I think it was a revelation to the people that God knew them, that God knew their history, and that God knew their ancestry, and that God knew their propensity for serving idols. Look at what, look at what God says here to Joshua. He says uh, in chapter, verse number 2 what Joshua says to the people. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago. Somebody say long ago. Long ago. Say before I was born. There's some stuff that happened in your family before you were born, but you're born in the family and the stuff is still going on. The beliefs and the thought patterns and the systems are still going on and you were brought up in some of that. Long ago, your forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshiped other gods. Now, why did the Lord bring in Nahor here? Because he doesn't usually talk about Nahor. When he deals with Israel, he talks about Abraham. Who else? But why did he bring in Nahor here? Well, 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 that, that, that's kind of important because you see, uh, Terah had three sons, and he, here he only mentions two. He mentions Abraham and Nahor. Well, when, 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 when Isaac got ready for a wife, he sent the servant to his uncle's, that's what they, they married in the family, to his uncle to get a wife. His uncle was Nahor. So the Israelites are actually descendants of Abraham and Nahor through Rebekah, Jacob. Who did he marry? What are the two wives' names? Leah and Rachel. So, so. So so God is saying to Israel, you got mess on both sides of your family. You got idol worship on both sides of your family. You got stuff that's in your family line where people have been worshiping idols. It's in your history. And you're still doing some of the stuff today. This is why the covenant has to be renewed. Some of the stuff is still going on today. Look at your life and then look back at your family. It may not be a pretty picture. Didn't you get people to say, well, that's just the way I am. Is it? It may be. But what are you doing about it? You, you, you said you chose God through faith in Jesus Christ. So, so what, 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 what God does through Joshua here is He helps him to see the connection, and we've called it generational curses. But they, they are connected, you know. And, and and people who go through marital counseling, one of the things we talk about when the Bible says, "Leave your father and your mother," you know, it's not just physical leaving. But there has to be a spiritual leaving. There has to be a separation spiritually from things that are ungodly in your family. Which means that, that you have to deal with some issues. You have to deal with some stuff that went on in your family line. And sometimes we don't want to be honest about stuff that went on in our family line. I'm going to finish this. So as Joshua, as Joshua calls them uh, to renew the covenant, uh, he begins to rehearse to them the benefits of serving God. And it gets to this point where he says to them, now fear the Lord and serve him all with all faithfulness. Throw away, throw away the gods your forefathers worshiped beyond the river and in Egypt. He could say that God gave him that revelation to bring that out to them and help them see the connection to their ancestry. Throw away those gods. That you serve beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable. And I like the way, I like the word that's used here. Because today we get into a lot of desire. Desire. Why did you do that? Because I wanted to? Did you think about the well, I thought about it, but I wanted to do it. So I just went on and did it. How many of us do things just because we want to do it? We know what God has said, but we want to do it, so we go on and do it. If serving the Lord seems like something you don't want to do, then choose for yourselves. This day, whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served beyond the river. And, and and see, when we think of idol gods, we're thinking of images. So I'm worshiping, my granddaddy worship this jar, so so we think of, oh, so when you talk about idols, you're talking about worshiping this jar. I don't worship that jar. We don't think in terms of, Homosexuality, we don't think in terms of babies out of wedlock, we don't think in terms of shacking up, we don't think in terms of alcoholism, but there are things that our families worshipped. <clears throat> the are things that went on in our family lines. That God is saying, we need to make a choice. Whew. So if it seems evil, if it's something that you don't want to do, you need to make up your mind the Bible is saying to us. Whew. So what are the blessings of, of, of in choosing God? Because because there's a reason that 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 God is calling people to choose him. There's a reason that God is calling people to choose him. There are supreme blessings in God calling people to choose him. The blessings in choosing God. I want you to listen to this one good. Because we're going to say, oh, I know that. The blessing in choosing God comes in the peace. That comes with serving Him that we experience in our lives. This New Testament calls it perfect peace that passes all understanding. Right? Peace with God brings the peace of God. The Bible says we were enemies of God before we got saved. Now in Christ, we become. We're at peace with God. But that's if we're really in Christ. You know, when I study about, when I study, about, um, when I study uh, uh, the, the whole issue of once saved, always saved, I, I realize that, you know, you got to really be saved, first of all, <laughs> before that works. Which means that, you know, salvation is more than coming before the church and saying, I believe Jesus died for my sins. It's much more than that. Salvation is the decision of your will to yield your life to Jesus, that he will be the Lord of your life. So we've taken a lot of people through the water who were really never saved. But because they said it with their mouths, you know, that's that's why, you know, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. He didn't say you got to come and give me a lip profession. He said you got to be born again. Which takes place when the Spirit of God comes in when you willed, when you've opened your heart, when you've opened your art and your heart and you've opened your will to the Lord and you receive him as Savior and Lord. All right? That's when you start experiencing the peace of God. So peace with God brings the peace of God. Peace with God comes when we submit to God. And begin to live according to his righteousness, not ours. I know that the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. All right? So that is an attributed righteousness. So does that mean that we continue in sin because righteousness has been attributed to us? God forbid. God forbid, we don't continue in sin just because, oh, the Bible says I'm the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. So it's been attributed to me so I can just live like I want to live. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. Uh, that's, this is where transformation comes from. When I realize the value of righteousness being attributed to me, it's supposed to start because I'm, because I'm born again, because the Spirit lives in me. And this is a work of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. It's not just my mind, this is not just positive thinking. No, 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 no. This is the Spirit of God working in me to create the life of God in me to give me the desire to live like God wants me to live. So what happens is the Holy Ghost inside of me starts stirring me up and wanting me to and, and stirring in me a desire to be righteous. So I can't remain the same regardless of what the struggle is. Who the word of God has been given to us to help us saints has been given to us to help us. Uh, There's a scripture in in 2 Timothy that says uh, all scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. I don't usually use the Message Bible but I just said I look at it last night and, 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 and this is what it said in the Message Bible. It says every part of scripture is God breathed and useful one way or another showing us truth Exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we put together, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. So we have help in Scripture if we allow the Scripture to work in us. Because the Scripture the scripture is going to expose our rebellion. Yeah. That's why people get mad sometimes when you preach certain things, because it starts exposing their rebellion. You know, if you, if you are submitted to God, there's no reason for you to get mad. Yeah. It, 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 even if you, if you have the heart of God and you messed up, there's no reason for you to get mad. Right. You rejoice because God loved you enough to rebuke you. You, you rejoice because God loved you enough to chastise you. Yeah. All right? So when we look at scripture and we study the history of Israel in our dealings with the covenant God, all right, her God, Israel's God, all right, we see that when they submitted to God, listen to me carefully, all you got to do is study the history. When they submitted to God and they lived in accordance to the principles that God set forth, they were at peace. Study it. Study it. They were at peace. It was in their disobedience that they were not at peace. When they disobeyed God and went their own way, choosing the lust of their flesh, the lust of their eyes, caught up in serving idols, the pride of life. They ended up in confusion. They ended up uh, defeated by the enemy. They ended up serving idols. They ended up sacrificing their children in fiery offerings to idol gods, hoping for solutions and blessings that could never be found. Caught up in cultic practices, And all kinds of unrighteousness and ultimately destroyed. Why did Israel have to be reestablished as a nation in 1946? Because God turned them over to their enemies. I can't tell you the exact date right now off the top of my head because I didn't put that in the message and I didn't study it last night. But it was it was Jeroboam's sin and his wickedness and all of his children that followed him in that wickedness. Their sin caused God to turn them over. That refusal to repent caused God to turn them over and they were destroyed as a nation and they were never restored as a nation until 1946. Is that That's the 20th century, right? For centuries, for centuries, listen to me. We can't continue doing what we're doing and calling ourselves Christians. Ultimately, they were destroyed. Ultimately, why do I say ultimately? because their visible destruction didn't come immediately. Are we listening? Their visible destruction did not come immediately. God is long-suffering toward us, not willing that anybody should perish, but it all should come to repentance. Ooh, but does his patience wear out? Ultimately, they were destroyed as a nation. Ultimately, they were restored as a nation. 1 Corinthians 10 and 11 says, Now these things which happened to our ancestors are illustrations of the way in which God works. The things that happened to the the Israelites. And we we call ourselves Abraham's seed. So we've been adopted into the family of God through faith in Jesus. So they're our ancestors. The things that happened to them were illustrations. They were word pictures of how God deals, how God works. Are you listening? So if you want to know how God works,